Direct King's Court starts now. Test. I'm still driving, I ain't slowing down 
There's rules I'd love to break and bend Mistakes I've made again and again But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around I hit it hard, man So far, man And a good Friday morning, St. Louis and all parts, northeast, south, and west. Kevin Slayton with you. We welcome you in. This is the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, King's Court, right here on kevinslaytonshow.com. This is where you come for the unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence, Monday through Friday for the live show. Then, of course, the podcast will be right here on this platform. As well as Spotify, Apple, Amel, uh, Apple, Amel, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, and any other place that you find your podcast, you'll find us. And we have you to thank for putting us in the top 5% of all podcasts worldwide. That's over 3 million podcasts, so we thank you. All you have to do to keep that going is Google our show, Kevin Slayton, King's Court, those little three dots, click on them, like us, and then... Scroll down to where it says leave a comment and just say anything. It takes you five seconds. doesn't matter what you say. Kevin's a jerk. Kevin's great. doesn't matter. It helps us. So if you don't mind doing that, you can do that every day if you want. It's five, ten seconds a day. We appreciate it greatly. And always support our sponsors because that's our lifeblood. That's how we're on the air. So we appreciate that. Don't forget at noon we have our Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com sports show on 590 The Fan. 590thefan.com. Yesterday, we were at the Irish Gypsy Pub and Grill in O'Fallon, Missouri, on Bryan Road. Had a great crowd, fun time. A lot of a lot of folks came up to say hi and listen to the show. So it's a lot of fun when we go on remote. You might want to jot it down on your calendar. Next Wednesday, we'll be at Friendly's in South County at 55 in Bayless. So come down there if you're in that neighborhood and say hello. Drop in. Enjoy the games, the chance they have, and you'll enjoy yourself. I promise you that. I promise you that. Well, we've got a lot of ground to cover today, and I have a question, a burning question in my mind today, because as I look at all of this stuff that's going on, the speakers thing in Washington, the Israeli conflict in the Middle East, Biden uh, under attack because he has appeased terrorists forever. He has given them money. He has backed terrorist groups against our allies, financially supported them. When I see all of this going on, I I scratch my head and I say, wait a minute. What do people like Hamas want? I mean, we took Aunt Jemima off the pancake box. We took the Indian lady off the Land O'Lakes butter. There are no jokes anymore. We stopped having sitcoms. We stopped being funny. What more do they want? None of that achieved world peace? I'm stunned. I don't get it. These people are awfully demanding. I guess that's what terrorists do. They don't care if you remove Aunt Jemima. As it turns out, nobody cared. Nobody cared that the Land O'Lakes Indian woman is no longer there, relegated to the ash heap of history. We can't tell jokes anymore. We can't have sitcoms anymore. Archie Bunker would be dead today. We can't do it anymore. But no one, as it turns out, cared. That's not what they were after. They still want to kill us. 
So all of the caterwauling by the liberals, all of the cancer culture that they established hasn't achieved a thing. Not a thing. All of their protests, all of their burning down minority-owned businesses, all of their screaming and yelling about George Floyd didn't accomplish a thing. Nothing. Nothing is different because of that except for this. They've ruined our country. We no longer have freedoms. We no longer have enjoyment. These people, we've let them, have destroyed our country. So all of that changes nothing. It always has changed nothing. As I've said many times, the only protest that ever accomplished anything in history was Martin Luther King's march to give blacks the right to vote. Nothing else has ever accomplished a thing. All of the paid protesters that George Soros funds haven't accomplished anything except ruining the country. Now, that was their goal. They've achieved it. But they've never gotten anything they've wanted in terms of laws changed or anything of that nature. In fact, this is a fine how-do-you-do for the liberal cause. <laughs> a federal judge out in California, that's right, California. This must, re- must real, be a real bitch of a day for Gavin Newsom. A federal judge blocked California's assault weapons ban yesterday, wrote that the law is extreme and has no historical pedigree. Judge Roger Benitez, a George W. Bush appointee, this was a 1989 ban enacted by the California legislature because there was a school shooting in Stockton, I guess, at that time. Never heard of it. So the law prohibited the transfer, manufacturing, possession of certain semi-automatic weapons. Benitez, well, I won't even get into the fact that there aren't the weapons that they claim there are. But the judge wrote that the American tradition is rich and deep in protecting the citizens' enduring right to keep and bear common arms like rifles, shotguns, and pistols, and does not include firearm restrictions based on looks or attributes. In other words, the AR-15s look bad. He wrote that the rifles prohibited under the ban were virtually the same as the other ones that are legal in the state, except for their looks. That must be a bitch of a day for Gavin Newsom and all those liberal crackpots out there. Ah, didn't see that one coming, did you? So again, all of their protests accomplish nothing. In fact, it makes some judges more determined to rule against them, which I find hilarious. All of Biden's crying about, we've done it before, we'll do it again with these assault weapons. And now a judge said, the F you will. <laughs> but Biden doesn't care what a judge says. He's never cared what the judges say. He just ignores their decisions. Pfft. Laws? Pfft, not for me. Haven't you seen my family history? We break every law in the world. We are the greatest single crime family in history. And the, the speech last night that he gave about Israel, of course, it had to include Ukraine. But the speech was a crime itself. It was a crime. Unless you listen to cowardly liberals like Brit Hume. How does Fox News trot that aging clown out there and pretend he's a conservative? How? Brit Hume was always kind of a candy ass. I mean, my God, he's a man, and his name is Brit. Let's just start there. Who names their son Brit? Unless you want him to be a little light. 
I mean, every person I know named Brit is a girl, short for Brittany. Hi, Brit. You're looking cute today. Brit Hume? And, of course, he made an ass out of himself last night in commenting after Biden's pathetic speech. We'll get into that as we go along. He's the only person who thought it was a good speech, by the way, unless you consider liberals, which is what he is. He's always been. He's a Trump-hating liberal. And you'll be stunned when Hildy-loving Dana Perino shoots, figuratively almost, not literally, Brit Hume out of the sky from little old Hildy-loving Dana Perino. Watch out because the supposed conservatives on Fox News are starting to have catfights. And the catfights are crossing over from female Perino to maybe female Brit Hume. We don't know. But last night, Biden decided that it wasn't enough to try to help Israel. He always has to include his little pet project, Ukraine, in everything he does. Now, why do you suppose that is? We've already established that Biden got paid tons of money through his son's work and his corrupt pressuring the country to fire a prosecutor investigating his son's company. We've already documented that. But all of this money from Congress that's gone over to Ukraine to supposedly fight the Russians has no trail. We don't know where it really went. We don't know who got it. We do know that Biden went over there, met with Zelensky. We do know that Pelosi went over there, met with Zelensky and other Democrats. We do know that Ukraine under Zelensky is one of the most corrupt countries in, in the world. So can you say money laundering? I can. Money laundering. When there's no accountability for hundreds of billions of dollars and no one knows where it went, we know that it went into the money laundering machine and came out clean. And the only reason it came out clean is because no one cares to follow it. Follow the money. Isn't that what Deep Throat told Woodward and Bernstein? Follow the money. It's always been the case, especially in Washington. So now Biden wants more for Ukraine. He couldn't just say, let's help Israel out. Israel's the one under attack here that might need our help. Ukraine's been fighting a war for 500 days. The war that never ends. Biden keeps funding it for no reason whatsoever. So what were you going to send to Congress today, Big Joe? I'm going to send to Congress an urgent budget request to fund America's national security needs, to support our critical partners, including Israel and Ukraine. It's a smart investment that's going to pay dividends for American security for generations. Help us keep American troops out of harm's way. Help us build a world that is safer, more peaceful, more prosperous for our children and grandchildren. How does more money to Ukraine, and for that matter, money to Israel, satisfy our national security needs? Wouldn't money targeted for the southern border satisfy our national security needs? I think it would. But giving money to Israel or and Ukraine? What does that have to do with our national security? Don't get me wrong. We should help Israel in every possible way. If they need any help, we should be there to give it to them, no matter what the help is. But not Ukraine. They're not even our ally. 
For God's sakes, they're not even a, a member of NATO. Biden always likes to say, for God's sakes. What are we helping them for to begin with? It was fine to help them at the beginning. We didn't think this thing was going to be a protracted war that would last our lifetime. But you have to cut it off. Be done with it. But Biden wants to attach any aid we send to Israel to money to give to Ukraine. You know why? Because when Republicans rightfully protest and say, no, we're not giving any more money to Ukraine, Biden will phrase it and position it as, Republicans don't want to help Israel. Watch and see when that happens. Those statements will be uttered by Democrats everywhere. Liberal media outposts will be saying and singing the same song. Republicans don't want to help Israel. It's how liberals play the game. They always attach something that everybody thinks would be a good idea to something that no one thinks is a good idea. It's just one of their pet projects that help enrich themselves. And when you say no to it, they don't mention that. That's not the reason. They mention that you're against the good idea, which, of course, you're not. But that's how they are. Joe Finer, who's a deputy national security uh, aide, uh, advisor, I should say, in the Biden regime, <laughs> wants you to know how good this is and that Biden makes it clear. Well, I'll let him say it. The president was also quite clear that if this assistance goes in, it cannot be uh, misappropriated, cannot be taken uh, by Hamas fighters for their own purposes. It has to get to Palestinian civilians who need it. Is the U.S. then essentially in a position where it has to take the word of Hamas that it will not be taken? We believe there is an understanding now among all of the uh, players who control that crossing. <laughs> are they really this stupid? Honest to God, are they this stupid? And the answer is yes, they really are. Well, we have an agreement with Hamas that they won't take it, so they won't. <laughs> oh, God. I, I just laid $1,000 in cash out on my yard, but I have an agreement with all my neighbors that they won't take any of it. What a complete and utter ass. What a buffoon. And, of course, Biden and company dispatched him out there to say that nonsense. Because they either believe it or, more likely, they don't believe it and they just want to help Iran. This is a regime that wants to help Iran at all costs. They're going to put money for Israel to help Israel in a, in a bill contingent on more money for Ukraine. And the money for Israel, by the way, has money going to Hamas. I mean, the, the, all of this is nuts. But Bruce Hume thought it was a great speech. But it's all crazy stuff. It's crazy talk. But hey, you know what? Joe Willie, he's an historian. So, Joe, tell us what history's taught us. History has taught us that when terrorists don't pay a price for their terror, when dictators don't pay a price for their aggression, they cause more chaos and death and more destruction. When has this guy ever been against dictators? He's one. He funds dictators. So history has told us that when you don't hold them accountable, they continue to do uh, terrorist things. Yeah, no kidding. When you keep funding them after they were virtually broke because Donald Trump strangled the oil right out of their necks and made us energy independent. But when you give that 
power back to them and you send them billions of dollars on top of it, all of a sudden their terrorist programs are enriched. It's amazing how that works. And Joe's telling you right there. I mean, after all, he's the great uniter, right? The guy who hates MAGA Republicans, who thinks all white people are white supremacists, thinks we live in a racist country. This is the great uniter. (laughs) None of those things ring united, but Biden does. Now he's going to unite Iran with the PLO and Hamas. And with Israel and conservatives. They're all going to be together. We're all coming together because Joe's the great uniter. (laughs) These people are so stupid. So what Biden has done here is exactly what Matt Gates has been screaming about in the House. Quit attaching all this pork to a bill that we want to pass. Because we're not going to pass it when you have all this other crap going through. But that's a typical trick of the politicians, the excuse me, the criminals in Washington. So Biden thinks that we're going to fall for that. And then he's going to turn around and blame Republicans for not supporting Israel. That's the game here. Just so you understand, I've now given it to you. Before it happens, it's like a crystal ball for me. I'm a genius. I can see into the future. I can see what any five-year-old could see, that that's exactly what they're going to do. Blame Republicans. They don't want to give any money to Israel. And a segment of the population is so monumentally stupid, they'll go along with it. It's incredible stuff, isn't it? But history's taught us, Joe says, if you're if you're not mean to terrorists, that they'll keep striking. What about what has what has history taught us about funding terrorism? That if you keep funding it, do they keep doing it, or do they stop? What has history taught us about having money given to terrorists, and you think that they're not going to touch it? What has history taught us about that, Joe? Joe Bo, Joe Boo, Ryan is up. Good morning, Ryan. Kevin, good morning, young man. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. It's Friday. I can't be doing better. This is the day the Lord has created. It's Saturday Eve, you know. <laughs> Saturday Eve, I like it. Yeah, I got I got a nice golf match later today, so uh, you know I'm gonna have to rough it. Good for you. So, uh, so it's funny just listening to what you said about uh, you know Wuhan Willie there, as he speaks about uh, you know terrorist if you don't if you don't stop them they continue to do terrorist acts and i'm not sure if you know this matt kevin but you know if you jump out of a boat into water you get wet too yeah and if you don't stop your kids from taking cookies out of the cookie jar they'll keep taking them so i'll tell you i'm learning new things every day but there's moron well he's there to teach you that's that's his role he's a great teacher here's the question i have too and this is once again we've said this you've said it so many times on your show these people think we're stupid they 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 play on it. They bank on it. They need us and us to be stupid. Hence why the, you know, the Democrats and minorities continue to vote for them because I'm trying to understand how this great inflation reduction act is supposed to bring down inflation when we continue to just print funny money and give it to the Ukraines of the world like we do. And to the terrorists. We fund all the wrong people. 
Which, but they're all Biden's pet projects. Remember, you got to keep your eye on the ball. Where is he getting his money from? Where is he? Who's he shaking down? That's who he's giving our money to. Here's how it works: our money goes through the money laundering machine of foreign countries that are adversaries that Biden collects from and bribes, and then it comes back to him. So when when he gives our tax money to Hamas, it'll come back to him. It's the game he plays. But I'm telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here as a white man, that in another week, when the Republicans balk at this because they don't want to send any more money to Ukraine and they certainly don't want to give Hamas money, Biden's going to frame it, and so will the media, as Republicans don't want to help Israel. Yeah. You you couldn't be more right if you were righty right with them, as you say. And like I said, I, I look at these people and when he speaks, and obviously we know he didn't write that speech last night, and I don't blame him for that. But even reading off that teleprompter, I still had a hard time understanding him from time to time. So I don't know what Brett Hume's talking about with that thing. Brett Hume's such speech. a moron. But Biden, I love it when Biden's talking, reading off a teleprompter. His eyes are squinting. He can barely see. He can't talk. He looks like he might just keel over and hit his head on the desk, which I kind of wish he would. That would at least be funny. <laughs> That's good. Well, last thing I'll say, Tank or King, like I said, I, I don't, and I, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, expert on the economy by any means with these things, but I will tell you that I know that uh, you know we're paying a considerable amount more at the grocery store. Still, we're paying a considerable amount more for our home and different interest rates and whatnot. And I, I, I last I checked, if we continue to send billions and billions overseas, it's not going to get any better. You got that right. Here's the, here's the breakdown of the 105 billion requests. 60 billion for arming Ukraine, 14 billion for military and security assistance to Israel. So 60 to Ukraine, 14 to Israel, 10 billion for humanitarian assistance. Humanitarian assistance reads as Hamas. 14 billion for US border security where 7 billion for security aid to Taiwan. What does Taiwan need our security for? Nobody's attacked them. They can find a way to pull that much money out of their ass, but when Trump asked for $5 billion to build a wall, that, that money wasn't there. It, they had to scrape and, and find it, and they still couldn't. Well, I want to see these Republicans go on record with this money right here. Let's see how, let's see how they're going to waste it. So the money for Ukraine dwarfs money for a country that is actually our ally that's involved in a war against terrorists who slaughtered 1,300 of their people. He's giving three times, four times almost – the amount of money to Ukraine that he is to Israel, and Ukraine's not our ally, they're not a member of NATO, and they're corrupt. We'll see God which senators bless. and congressmen sign off on this one. God bless Joe Talibai. King, have a wonderful day, sir. Hit the, hit the ball straight today, Ryan, and enjoy yourself. Yeah, man. See you, buddy. Okay, bye. I must confess I'm a little jealous, a little envious. Looks like it's going to be a perfect golf day. History has taught us that when Uh-oh, terrorists go, don't pay a price for their terror. Again. I'm telling you, these computers are so sensitive. Grow a spine a little bit. Quit being so sensitive. Did I offend you? Apparently I did. I gotta be, I gotta stay away from that thing. It's like it jumps out at me. I don't like computers. Did I ever tell you that? I don't like technology. Hate it. It hates me. We have a mutual hatred for each other. It doesn't know really how much I hate it. But it, I probably don't understand quite the depths of its hatred for me either. But that's okay. So just remember in a week what I told you. 
when Biden starts screaming at the Republicans, those MAGA Republicans, they don't want to help Israel. That's what's coming. And the New York Times will print headlines. The Washington Post will, MSNBC, CNN, they'll all be going crazy, foaming at the mouth over those damn Republicans. They hate Jews. They don't want to help the Israelis. The mere pittance that Biden is giving to Israel is is laughable to begin with. But hey, Joe made it clear last night, he doesn't want Hamas to win, doggone it. Cannot and will not let terrorists like Hamas and tyrants like Putin win. I refuse to let that happen. In moments like these, we have to remind, we have to remember who we are. We are the United States of America. American leadership is what holds the world together. American alliances will keep us, America, safe. American values are what make us a partner that other nations want to work with. To put all that at risk, if we walk away from Ukraine, we turn our backs on Israel. It's just not worth it. What's not worth it? What's he talking about? I thought this was supposed to be about helping Israel. He went to Israel. He didn't go to Ukraine. Then he said he was going to have a big uh, address to the nation from the Oval Office, no less. About Israel. But the whole thing was about Ukraine. By the way, uh, Big Joe, who are we again? We're the United States of America. The United States of America. And there is nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. How many times has he said those exact words just in the last week? Every time this guy speaks, it's the same thing. It's always nothing beyond our capacity. I'm not even sure if that makes grammatical sense, does it? Nothing's beyond our capacity? If we just do it together, shut up with your together crap. I'm so sick of hearing that crap. I've always said, I don't want everybody to be together. I don't want everybody to think the same way. It's not how America became great. America became great by the free exchange of ideas. Some were different than others. That's how you get better ideas. You don't just share the same ones all the time. That would be like Democrats. Do you really want this country to be like Democrats? All of them vote the same way. They vote the same way every single time. Nobody ever deviates from the norm of, the, of their democratic insanity. They don't have a free thinker among the group. And they think that's laudable, praiseworthy. In fact, the conservative commentators on Fox think that's praiseworthy. Boy, they, the, the Democrats sure stick together. Well, of course they do, because they don't have an original thought. But what Matt Gates did in the House was praiseworthy. That was praiseworthy. But it's time to get it done. That's my, my beef right now. Just elect Jim Jordan. Let's get it done. Who are we again? We're the United States of America. The United States of America. And there is nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. So Biden's established he doesn't want Hamas to win yet he's giving them money, he thinks that the that we're the United States and there's nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. He claims, actually claims that he holds Iran accountable. How about that? He holds Iran accountable? Iran is, is, is supporting Russia in Ukraine and is supporting Hamas and other terrorist groups in the region and will continue to hold them accountable, I might add. Wait a minute. You'll continue to hold them accountable, you might add. Just an afterthought. When have you held them accountable? You funnel money to them. You support terrorism. 
You fund terrorism. That's what you are. You're the terrorism president. You and that clown, Obama, have been giving money to Iran forever. You are the number one state sponsor of terrorism around the world. Not Iran. Iran can't do it without your money. Excuse me, our money. But he's going to continue, he says, to hold Iran accountable. When has he held Iran accountable? Can anybody give me an example? Ever? Bueller? Anyone? No one can give you an example because there are none. He's never held Iran accountable, but he says he'll continue to do it. (laughs) I guess continuing to hold Iran accountable means continuing to give them more money. I'll show them. I'll give them even more money. He's nuts, and he thinks you believe it. Like Ryan, the caller, just said, they believe that we're stupid. I think Democrats now, this is my new philosophy. It changes sometimes with these people because they're hard to figure out. I believe that they think we're as dumb as they are. They truly believe we are because they think they're smart. So they look at us and think those people are just as dumb as we are except we're smarter than they are. I know it's convoluted, but that's how they think. Biden actually believes if he says we'll continue to hold Iran accountable, and he just made that line up, as you can tell, he deviated off the prompter when he said, I might add. If someone can give me an example of how he's held them accountable at all, I'm more than happy to hear it, but you can't. Go ahead, get your Google machine out. Google it all day. You won't find a damn thing. But he does know who we are, and I'm hopefully I'm hopeful that he continues to remind us. We're the United States of America. The United States of America. And there is nothing beyond our nothing capacity, beyond our capacity if, we do it if we do it together. <laughs> what a dope. But perhaps a bigger dope is Brit Hume. Brit Hume gives de- new definition to the term lone wolf. He is the lone wolf in the wilderness that watched that demented old man stutter and stammer through a speech that made no sense, that was all about giving terrorists billions of dollars, was all about giving Ukraine more money, which is a liberal cause, which is a Brit Hume cause. No one else thought that speech was coherent or good in any way. Many thought it was shameful, including myself. But Brit Hume doesn't think that way at all. Brit Hume unveiled himself as the liberal that he's always been. Well, I think it may be remembered as one of the best, if not the best, speeches of his presidency. He was firm, he was unequivocal, he was strong, as he has been, particularly uh, in recent days when he was before he went to Israel and while he was over there. I was struck by the fact that he spent as much time as he did on Ukraine, and I think it was a good thing that he did because the aid for Ukraine uh, package that he's talking about and further aid to Ukraine beyond that is in jeopardy, and I think that he was hampered a little bit in that effort by the fact that he dare not really mention the best reason. I mean, he mentioned, broadly speaking, the best reason for sticking with it in Ukraine, which is that what would the rest of the world and its evildoers think if we pulled out of there? (laughs) That was, that response is so bizarre, I, I just have trouble responding to it with anything other than laughter. Joe Biden was strong. When has anyone 
use the word strong in the same sentence with Joe Biden, unless you put is not strong in there. Joe Biden was firm. He was strong, says Brit Hume. But then he said he dare not mention the real reason he wants money for uh, for Ukraine. And in the next breath said, but he kind of mentioned the, the reason he wanted money for Ukraine. Uh, so he lost me there. This speech was supposed to be about Israel, not Ukraine, but Brit Hume's thrilled that Biden mentioned Ukraine a lot. Because Brit Hume is a liberal, and he wants more money going to Ukraine. You are pathetic, Brit Hume. You are pathetic. If at one time in your life you resembled a conservative, you sure as hell don't anymore. You are nothing but a Trump-hating, Jew-hating liberal. That's all you are. Ukraine-loving, Jew-hating, Trump-hating liberal. That's what Brit Hume is. He doesn't want the money going to Israel. No, no, no. It's got to go to Ukraine. Hildy-loving Dana Perino, though, amazingly, had the spine for once in her life to stand up to Brit Hume. I'm a little out of my comfort zone because I almost always agree with Brit Hume. And I almost wish we were sitting next to each other so that I could hold his hand and say, could we watch that together again? Because I actually didn't think it was strong. I prepared all day to love this speech. I prepared to want to stand up and cheer. And at times I felt like we were reading a speech whose pages had been mixed up out of order. I thought that he didn't spend enough time talking about the atrocities of October 7th. Wait, wait, are you going to bring it up Taiwan as well? I thought there was going to be something on the southern border. I did not think it was as strong as it could have been, and I wanted it to be strong. Wow. Why don't you just tell us how you were, you wanted so badly to cheer for Joe Biden, you hill-to-beast lover? I prepared all day to love this speech. How do you prepare all day to love something? Can someone please explain the kind of nonsense these people spew out of their mouths? I prepared all day to love it. And to stand up and cheer. Now, I don't know how many people listening watch presidential speeches, no matter who the president is. Do you ever prepare all day to love it? Do you ever prepare to stand up and cheer? In my entire lifetime, I I couldn't tell you how many presidential speeches I've seen. Not once have I stood up and cheered. Not once. I mean, I've given a fist pump to Donald Trump and to Ronald Reagan. But I've never jumped out of my chair to cheer. And I sure as hell didn't waste my whole day preparing to love something. How do you prepare to love something, by the way? Don't you either love it or not love it? I didn't know that you could prepare. I'm going to the ball game tonight. I'm preparing to love it. Please don't bother me. <laughs> what is that woman talking about? See, that's what happens when you become a Hildebeest lover. You lose your mind. She's lost her mind. She prepared all day to love a speech. (laughs) I don't even know how to respond to these people. So fucking dumb. I'm sorry. There I go using another profane word again. They make me, though. So I used to tell my mom when I did something wrong, well, somebody else made me. Didn't you try that? If you say no, you didn't try that. You're a liar. Everybody's tried that. Doesn't work. (laughs) But just listening to these idiots respond is when I said that 
the liberals won't allow sitcoms, sitcoms anymore because they don't want any jokes. They don't want you to be funny. They don't want to laugh because they're angry, bitter people themselves. So they don't want any laughter, any enjoyment of life because they don't enjoy life. They're miserable. Liberals are miserable people. By their own choice, they're miserable. So they sure as hell don't want you to be happy. But when you hear these idiots responding to this speech, then it does make you laugh. It is comedy. They've inadvertently given us the comedy they took away from us. I love it. I want to hear Brit Hume speak about a speech again, and then I want to hear Dana Perino tell me how she prepared all day to love it. Now, you can prepare a meal all day, but you're still not preparing to love it. You're just preparing it. You can prepare for a meeting, but you're not preparing to love it. You're preparing to be aware of the subject matter. You can prepare to try a lawsuit, but you're not preparing to love it. But the Hildy lover, Dana Perino, was preparing to love Joe Biden's speech and to stand up and cheer, she said. But alas, she didn't, because it wasn't cheerable. It just wasn't. Sorry, Hildy lover. Didn't work out that way. Matt Miller's a State Department spokesman. He equated Ukraine with Israel. We do think it's important that we have a functioning partner in Congress who can support our allies and our partners around the world. Um, uh, we, we have made clear that we stand by Israel just as we stand by Ukraine. There are two democracies defending themselves from attacks from outside. Does anybody really think Ukraine's a democracy? I don't. I mean, Zelensky's a dictator. He was, quote-unquote, elected. This guy's equating an ally of ours with some country that we support, but we're not aligned with. They're not members of NATO. But he's equating the two. One has been attacked by terrorists. The other's been attacked by Putin, the strongman. Neither of which would have been attacked had Donald Trump been in the White House. We all know that, even liberals. Charlie Hurt watched the speech the same way that Brit Hume watched the speech. Charlie, with a man's name as opposed to Brit, a girl's name. Has Biden helped Iran? Everything that Joe Biden has done has empowered Iran and empowered our enemies and weakened our country. And the reason that for four years under Donald Trump we never had a new war is because Donald Trump operated with, uh, with, with prosperity for America and power abroad. And people, and so we didn't have new wars. I think in Joe Biden's mind, two new wars that were sparked because of his policies as president, to him, that's what he was thinking when he thought, I'm going to return to normal. I think that this is this is where he is most comfortable. He's been part of Washington. He's been part of the problem for 50 years. He has gotten been part. He's been the, one of the smartest people in Washington on foreign policy. And they've been getting it wrong forever. And Donald Trump came along and got a lot of things right, made a lot of uh, improvements that nobody said was possible. And I think he I, I think he actually wants to undo that progress and return the Middle East to the chaos that he has known for 50 years. He, it's his comfort zone. Biden looks at slaughtered babies, beheaded babies, babies and other people burned alive, raping women, raping children. Biden thinks that all of that is truly okay. 
because he wants to give more money to Ukraine by a lot than he does to Israel. I mean, I read you the breakdown. It's not pretty if you're Israel. But he wants to give almost the exact same amount of money to Israel, $14 billion, as he does to the terrorist, calling it humanitarian assistance, $10 billion. Wasn't his original thought a hundred million? I thought it was a million, but let's just say a hundred billion to humanitarian assistance, which was, of course, Hamas. Where'd the sixty billion for Ukraine come in? This guy can't wake up without giving billions more to Ukraine. Well, remember that uh, Holly on this very show last week said he will not support one more penny to Ukraine. We're going to find out. But I'm telling you, when he votes against this bill, they'll characterize him as a Jew-hating Republican, that the Republicans hate the Jews and hate Israel and won't vote to help them. Tommy Lahren, she was watching the speech. How did our enemies and our allies view this speech that was made last night by the guy that Britt Hume described as strong? And I really hope our enemies uh, were not listening to that. I hope that our allies were not listening to that because our enemies are going to be comforted and our allies are going to be terrified. That was an atrocious address. And the fact that he spent so much time when we have American hostages being taken by terrorists, when he spent so much time fundraising for Ukraine, I think the American people have had their fill of that. And this was not the time to do it. So I think there's a lot of Americans out there that are going to be very upset about the amount of time he spent talking about Ukraine, especially when we're dealing with what we're dealing with now, Israel and Hamas. She's 100% right. Carpe diem, Tommy Laren. He didn't even mention those hostages that I heard. What are you going to do for them? $60 billion to Ukraine. What, what about for hostage rescue? Are you going to pay more for more SEALs? For more special ops personnel? Are you going to pay more for that? To try to free the hostages that they're holding that are ours? How about the 30 Americans that they killed, Biden? What are you going to do about that, Mr. Appeaser? Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg, did you see the mess that I saw when he's speaking? I think it was a mess tonight. Here's why. That war in Ukraine has been going on for 550 days, and he hasn't addressed it until tonight. It's been a long war. Second piece is we're looking at right now what I think is the largest potential fight we have in the Middle East with Iran. And, and you're looking at a state that we're trying to normalize relations with. We're trying to give them more money. It's a huge mistake. We're giving money to the Palestinian authorities that we cut out. And we've moved two carrier strike groups into the Eastern Med. We've got a, a lot of other forces moving there because this may break hard. And if it breaks hard, it's because Hezbollah, which is an Iranian proxy, is going to get involved. You saw the attack going on by Iranian proxies right now uh, in in Iraq. We know they're behind it, and he's got to make a hard call on what he wants to do. Because if Hezbollah comes in this fight, then the next question is, okay, what are you going to do with Iran? How are you going to handle that? And normalizing relations is a huge mistake. It's a terrorist state. Thirteen days ago, in their parliament, they chanted, death to America, death to Israel. There are 32 dead Americans from Israel in Israel. As a result of that attack, there's over a dozen missing. That's the big that's the big threat he's facing today, and he's going to have to recognize that. 
Death to Israel, death to America, death to the United States. They chant that in their governing bodies building. And yet Biden funds them. Has any president, and I think everybody knows the answer to this question before I ask it, has any president in our history ever funded countries who chant death to us? Or death to Israel, by extension, would be us. They're our ally. But death to America, and Biden gives them more money. They need to step up their game. They need to be chanting death to America on the streets, at the airports, on planes, on television, not just in their parliament, so as it is. Because every time they chant death to America, death to Israel, they get more money from the United States. It's incredible. Who do they get more money from, Biden? We're the United States of America. The United States of America. And there is nothing, nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. (laughs) Back where I come from, we would call him a whistle dick. Because that's kind of what he is. What a worthless you-know-what. Funding terrorism, killing our allies. What is Netanyahu doing? Why didn't Netanyahu grab that microphone and say, he's telling me to not fight these murderers, to sit here and take it while he funds them so that they can kill us some more? That's really ass backwards, isn't it? But it's also really Biden. So why would we be surprised? I'm not surprised. Not a bit. Stephen Miller sounded to me like a shameful address. Did it you? This was a shameful address because Joe Biden refused to take responsibility for the fact that his policies have led directly to the two wars that are now taking place. His policies led to the war in Ukraine and his policies of financing and funding and enriching Iran and undoing the Trump policies have led to the Hamas attack on Israel. And his repeal of one of the core Trump policies is why we don't have these hostages home, because the Trump doctrine included this tenet. If you murder Americans, you die. You murder our people, you die. That was the Trump policy. That's why he took out General Soleimani. Terrorists do not fear us. Iran does not take us seriously. People are trampling over our flag, trampling over our citizens, and it is a disgrace. Carpe quadruple diem, Stephen Miller. All of those things are true. Do you think Iran fears or respects us at any level? Of course not. No one does. But he sits there and threatens. If they take some of this money, those Hamas people, they take any of the money that I'm giving (laughs) to humanitarian aid, why, by golly, they'll be in trouble. They agreed not to. Don't think I went into this without them agreeing with us. I'm not stupid. I'm not naive. They said, when I said, Now, are you guys going to try to steal this money, Mr. Hamas? They said, no, they won't. So that's good enough for me. That's what Biden's saying. 
It's exactly what he's saying. This is, he dispatched his idiot national security advisor to go out and say that on television, that they have an agreement with the Hamas, that they won't take the money. <laughs> it's good that he has an agreement. I was concerned there for a little bit. J.D. Vance, I thought this speech was supposed to be about Israel. Didn't turn out that way. Why is Joe Biden going on national television and selling people on a Ukrainian escalation when Joe Biden is talking about the terrible tragedy in Israel? It is a separate country and a separate problem. I think what the president did is completely disgraceful. If he wants to sell the American people on 60 billion more to Ukraine, he shouldn't use dead Israeli children to do it. It was disgusting. Bingo. That's exactly what he's doing. And it, and it was disgusting. Why don't you just come out and say that the money's going to Iran? By virtue of that, it's going to Hamas. Maybe Hezbollah. May go straight to them so they can support the northern invasion. It's pretty incredible, is it not? And don't kid yourself. What we're describing is exactly what's going on. Josh Hawley, what was Biden trying to convince us of? It's more important to spend who knows how much money on Ukraine. We're basically now funding the entire society of Ukraine. I mean, we're paying for their banking system. We're paying for their education system. We're writing checks to their government. More important to do that than to secure our border or help our ally Israel. Those are like distant second and third priorities. No, all the big money is going to go to Ukraine. It's just ridiculous. Let's secure our border. Let's help our ally who is under attack. And there doesn't need to be any more money to Ukraine. End of story. I mean, honestly, shouldn't we be spending money to secure our border? Biden claims that this money that he wants now is for national security, for our national security. Somebody explain to me how. How is giving Ukraine $60 billion helping our national security? Oh, and then he said it'll help our interest down the road in the future, our security. No, it won't. Our national security is not in jeopardy from Russia being in Ukraine. Again, let's be, let's remind Biden. You want tens and hundreds of billions of dollars to go to Ukraine. They're not our ally. They're not a member of NATO. They do nothing for us. If Russia owned them by lunchtime today, it wouldn't affect us at all. Oh, what's the rest of the world going to think if we walk away from Ukraine? They're going to think the United States finally got smart and maybe Biden's out of office because somebody with brains and with cojones got smart and ended that nonsense. And that guy's name would be Donald Trump. How many groups are trying to steal this election this time around? The Democrats, of course. But all of the countries that know that Trump's coming after them, they're going to be after this thing too. There's any doubt about that. Holly, does anyone believe Biden's nonsense anymore when he opens that mouth of his? Nobody believes him. And listen, this are the, these are the same people, Laura, who gave $6 billion to Iran at the same time that Hamas was planning these attacks and Iran was helping them. And now we're supposed to believe that giving them $100 million, our money, our taxpayer money, that that's not going to go to the terrorists? 
giving it to the Palestinian leaders is not going to go to the terrorists? I mean, please give me a break. I can't believe that this is what Joe Biden is doing with Americans' taxpayer dollars. I can't wait to hear how he tries to justify it. There is no justification. There shouldn't be a dollar that goes to Gaza while these attacks are underway. We need to support Israel. Yeah, and I don't know how this number keeps changing. A hundred million was the original number to humanitarian aid. Well, now it's become 14, excuse me, 10 billion. And of course he threw 14 billion in there for U.S. border security to try to appease the conservatives, but we all know that won't go anywhere. That'll be confiscated by Biden as soon as the election's over. Why'd all that start up again? Who knows? Holly, what do you think of the regime of Joe Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden running foreign policy? Because that's what they do. These are the people who are running our foreign policy. Joe Biden is the guy who who has got his, his hand on the nuclear football and is making these decisions. I mean, if that doesn't frighten you, I don't know what will. These people are so incompetent. Let's not forget what they did in Afghanistan barely two years ago. The disastrous, chaotic, embarrassing withdrawal that they prosecuted there. And now these people want us to trust them to run the policy in Ukraine, give them money without any kind of limit, and tell the Israelis what to do. Uh, No, thank you. We should say to the Israelis, you do what you need to do, and we're going to support you, and meanwhile, we're going to close our borders and get this society secure. See, the liberals are always the doomsayers, too. That's because they're so bitter. But Holly's right on every point. Now let's see what happens. But I can tell you what's going to happen in about a week. They're going to blame Republicans who don't want to support Israel. Nothing could be further from the truth, so don't buy it when you hear it. But that's the plan. And they'll probably be mega Republicans. Biden likes to claim that Hamas is not the Palestinians and the Palestinians are not Hamas, that they don't represent Hamas. But the truth is they actually do. And they support them through free and fair elections. I suppose they're free and fair. Probably about as free and fair as ours. But they elected 76 out of 132 seats to Hamas people. That's an overwhelming majority. The people of Gaza want to be governed by terrorists from Hamas. They voted for it. They want it. So the next time you hear one of these pompous-ass politicians or media people claim that, well, all the Palestinians aren't bad. Yes, they are. Just so everybody understands, they are. They voted for Hamas. They voted for terrorists to lead their, I don't even know if it's a country, city, Gaza City. Whatever it is, they voted for terrorists. Just like Biden gave money to terrorists. He should live in Gaza. If only we were so lucky. If only. Newt Gingras weighed in on, if Biden were an effective president, Newt, if, 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 what should he be doing? He ought to be honest about Iran's role in all this. Uh, The Biden policy 
enriched the Iranian dictatorship, made it more possible for it to support terrorism else everywhere, uh, and he ought to confirm. He ought to confront Gutter about the fact that they have the Hamas leaders who are still sitting right there in very comfortable places with no threats. He should, in fact, say openly, we support Israel in the total destruction of Hamas. When he said that on the plane on the way back about the other team, it was sickening. As if it implies some, there's two teams, the Israelis and the terrorists. No, they're not two teams. They're civilization. And there are people who behead babies. Let's be, let's be clear here. Uh, there's not a team game here. There's a horrifying evil force that needs to be destroyed. Uh, frankly, before we give money to, to Ukraine, and I support helping Ukraine, uh, one, they ought to give them the most advanced tactical missiles, which they have refused to do. Uh, two, we should have a complete audit. I don't see any reason why we're paying the, the Ukrainian civil service, why oh, we're ridiculous. providing uh, basically social welfare. See, I agree with Newt that there should be an accounting of where all this money is going, but I don't agree that we should be sending any more there. That's crazy talk. And what are they doing with it? Well, they're not succeeding. So if they're this incompetent at defending their own country, why are we sending them more money? At the very least, they're squandering it if they're not pocketing it. It's very crazy. How do all these politicians get it wrong so often? We're not privy to the information that they have. But whatever it is they have, they still get it wrong. And that's crazy. Well, you got to save Chris Bedford, who's um, a guy that works with Common Sense. He's their uh, social executive editor. Biden had good talking points, right? Well, I would say those talking points were embarrassing. And it's easy for maybe his defenders on TV to just say them. But even the reporters in print and the people who usually do do a lot of cover for President Biden were unable to really justify it. They were looking at this visit and saying... What well, does it seem like it really did that much? But, you know, the question is, what what is the president even seeking to accomplish here? I know there's a serious interest for Western powers in Europe and the United States to try and make sure that the Palestinian refugees don't end up in Germany or Italy or somewhere else like that. Maybe to try and make some room in Egypt. He was unable to actually meet with these Arab leaders. Because they wouldn't want to meet with him. <laughs> it's goofy as hell, isn't it? So, so far, if you're keeping track at home and keeping tabs on who thought Biden's speech was good, only Brit Hume. No one else. Well, I'm sure there's some liberals, but no one who counts. Cash Patel, the guy that I nominated for attorney general in the next Trump administration. Has Iran already made up its mind what they're going to do with this little child that we have known as the president? The Iranian regime has made up their mind. They have launched a world war. They are using their proxy forces against America's number one ally. They did that because they don't fear and respect the current commander-in-chief. But the reality is for the last two and a half years, they have deprioritized collection against Iran, allowed their nuclear programs to flourish, and permitted money to go to directly fund 
These operations, not to mention the arms we left in Afghanistan, are now being found in the hands of Hamas mm. in Israel during this war. So it does not matter to me what President Biden says. He has already laid the groundwork and showed the world that his priority is not taking on an Iran and not preventing a nuclear Iran. And that- he's not only not preventing it, he's helping it. He's helping it along. And it's very important, as I see it, and just as important, that Israel goes in and takes out the nuclear facility for Iran as it is that they fight Gaza. They can always come back and get Gaza. But why haven't there been airstrikes on Iran already? Has Biden prevailed upon Netanyahu to not do anything? The worst possible scenario is to not do anything. When you don't stop someone from abusing you, in this case threatening to kill you, you're asking for it. And they'll be happy to deliver it. That I promise. They'll be very happy to deliver nothing but murder, chaos, rape, brutal torture. They've already proven that. Rich Scott's a senator from Florida. What about this money going to humane and humanitarian uh, reasons over there in Gaza? You're not. You're not helping them. You're not helping them. You're helping Hamas. You're helping the Palestinian Authority. I mean, you're giving money to get to help Hamas to go kill more babies and and destroy more babies and destroy more families. That's exactly what you're doing. There's no question that's what you're doing. These are people who live to murder. Murder Jews, murder Americans. They chant it. They believe it. They're not kidding about it. In what rational world are we giving them money to continue to do that? Only in Biden world. Run by Obama. That could be the sitcom. Welcome to Biden world tonight. This episode directed and produced by Barry Obama. And then you can have one product, uh, uh, directed and produced by Hus- Barry Hussein. You could even call him Benji just for the help to try to take people off the track. Benji Obama. It's crazy. Now, for her part, Rashida Tlaib is trying to keep the anti-Semitism crowd happy and to keep them going here in the United States. She loves a little anti-Semitism. Loves it. I'm going to be real with you all. My colleagues, many of them, I usually don't talk smack about them. No, I'm usually considerate because I don't like them policing me. So I don't police them. But as an American, not just as a member of the United States Congress, I am ashamed I am ashamed that they're saying, not yet, maybe next week. What is she talking about, not yet, maybe next week? Who says that? Are you ashamed that O'Biden has prevailed upon Netanyahu to not attack Gaza next week? Or this week, but maybe next week? Is that what you're ashamed of? How about we're ashamed of you? We're ashamed that God created you, if indeed God did. You seem a bit more satanic to me.
She's cray-cray, and there's no question about it. She continues to talk on some megaphone with a stupid little homemade speaker, it looks like. It's nuttiness. Naftali Bennett is a former prime minister for Israel. And he kind of let Anderson Cooper have it regarding this blown hospital. I do. I do also want to talk about this uh, floating the the narratives or the claims. Uh, There are no two sides to this hospital. Either it was bombed by Israel or it was uh, targeted by someone else on the Palestinian side. And, you know, if if two people come and say one says it's raining outside and the other says it's dry, you don't bring the quotes of both sides. You just goddamn open the the window and look whether it's raining or not. Uh, That's what we did. And this uh, hospital, in fact, its uh, parking lot, was uh, hit definitely 100% by Islamic Jihad barrage uh, shot fired at the 6.59 p.m. We have three different videos from different angles showing it. We have the ballistics. We know that uh, an Israeli bomb would have created a cater, uh, crater which does not exist. We know that the propellant in the rocket because it was a long-term rocket targeted for Israel. Uh, so a lot of, uh, of of that propellant was still in the rocket, which created a lot of fire. We have two Hamasniks talking to each other and saying and admitting that it is from uh, Islamic Jihad. So, Anderson, with all due respect, there aren't two sides to this. Not everything is two sides. And I have a feeling that if it wasn't the state of Israel, then I think the global media would have behaved very differently. I couldn't agree more. And then there's Anderson Cooper pushing back, saying, well, you know, we, our source is this and that. We haven't been able to independently verify uh, what, what you're saying. So in other words, we're not really sure that you're not lying. And Neftali didn't like, not only did he not like hearing that, he let Anderson Cooper have it. And, you know, I, I have to barge in here. I, I have to say something. You know, I, I was in 9-11. I was in Manhattan when it happened. And if uh, a day later, uh, Al-Qaeda would have said that it's America who perpetrated it, no one would have quoted it, uh, Al-Qaeda. No one would. And, and you didn't have validation back then that it was Al-Qaeda. But you knew it's not America. And somehow there's a double standard here. You had 30 hours to validate. We have all the information Everything is transparent. For heaven's sakes, to see the the uh, headline of the New York Times saying the Palestinians claim that uh, uh, Israel bombarded a hospital, we don't do that. It's the Palestinian who rape young girls. It's the Palestinians who tear apart limbs. It's the Palestinians who burn whole families and shoot five-month-old babies. It's the Palestinians, for heaven's sake, who kidnap 84-year-old Holocaust survivors. It's not the Israelis. This is not what Israel does. And you've had ample time. Do your job and show the truth. There is moral clarity in the world. Not everything has two sides to it. Naftali Bennett, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for being with us. <laughs> hey, Anderson Cooper, why don't you just exit stage left with your tail between your legs? You little coward. You got bitch slapped, buddy. And he did a major job on you. Go do your job.
That's exactly what he told you. Good for you, Niftali Bennett. Carpe diem to you. Now, the way this hospital story was covered, and I refer to it a hospital story because that's what people know it by, but the hospital didn't get hit. The parking lot did. They originally said 100 or 500 people were killed in the hospital. Even Hamas has downgraded that to less than 100 now. So in other words, probably nobody. Julio Rosas has been over there covering this. How do you see the coverage of the hospital incident as it goes forward? It's completely lopsided, and it's the fact that you know, based on a lie. Um, and now we've got reports today, uh, you know, casting even further doubt on the number of casualties that were initially reported, uh, again by Hamas, saying that you know Hamas was saying you know less than an hour after this after this explosion that it was 500, and now the numbers have been drastically reduced to maybe 100, and and it has had horrible results on the entire geopolitical atmosphere with riots happening outside the embassies in all these countries. And then you compare that with Israeli hospitals specifically being targeted by Hamas to try to uh, get them out of action because not only do they treat civilians, but they do treat uh, soldiers of the IDF because they're so close to the front lines. And so it's absolutely infuriating to to see uh, the initial reports, you know, being parroted, uh, you know, by by their sympathizers. There's nothing more accurate than the way this thing has been covered. The, the, what they're saying about the way it's been covered. There are still people out there who think the Israelis bombed a hospital, but as Naftali Bennett said, that's not us. We don't do that. They do that. They have two, as he called them. Hamasniks talking on radio frequencies, admitting to each other that it was theirs and that there could be trouble from it. And then we've got all of this rhetoric on college campuses where these college presidents are too completely petrified to do anything about all of the anti-Israel, anti-Semitic chanting that's going on on college campuses in the name of who? Palestinians? Hamas? Hezbollah? So Josh Hawley introduced a resolution, and the resolution basically said, that will end now. But all it took was one senator to break it up, and Chris Van Holden of Maryland, who is a senator, blocked it. He cowardly talked about why he was blocking it, and then when it was Hawley's turn to respond to him, he got up and walked out. Had he not walked out, here's what he would have heard. It's hard to believe it. we just heard on this floor. Defense of the most vile anti-Semitic rhetoric under the excuse that to call out specifically the specific statements and denounce them one at a time and say this is wrong, that that is somehow a smear. What that is is a failure of moral nerve. What it is is a failure of moral clarity. What it is, is frankly sympathizing with this rhetoric. I don't know why it's so hard, but I guess we've now found out why college presidents won't come out and say, this is wrong. We cite the specific words. Why is it wrong to say that it includes violence? Why is it wrong to condemn this? When students say the heroic resistance in Gaza should be praised, they're not referring to something in general. They're talking about the attack on Israel. 
the slaughter of innocent Israelis. And that's perfectly fine. Those are legitimate concerns. Oh, I mean, this is the moral equivalency, Mr. President, that has seeped into our college campuses and I guess to the floor of the United States Senate is unbelievable. But let there be no mistake. What's happened today is one senator has blocked this body from condemning the attacks against Jewish people in Israel, Jewish Americans in this nation, and pretended that there's some moral equivalency here between this and what? Why is it, and I ask myself this question a lot now, why is it that liberals hate Jews so much? When did that start? I never, I never thought that was a thing until the last few years, maybe the last five or six years. But liberals hate Jews. Now, the crazy thing is Jews still vote for, vote for liberals. Don't you know who hates you? This isn't the Holocaust. These aren't death camps. You can stand up to them. A lot of the Republican senators noticed Biden wasn't talking much about Iran in any of these speeches. It is perplexing why this administration refuses to issue a formal decision to freeze the $6 billion. Biden's ransom payment made the Iranians shows you where his true colors are. Joe Biden is the most pro-Iranian president we've ever had. The great Satan is not the United States or Israel. It's Iran. It's Joe Biden. He's the great Satan. And if you're Jewish or if you're living in Israel and you're an American living in Israel, you know who the great Satan is. It's Biden. It's incredible. All of the conservative commentators, at least the ones I've heard, supposedly conservatives, continue to blame Matt Gates and his gang in the House for wanting to have a very logical, simple way of doing business. And that is vote on each individual bill individually. Not like Biden's trying to lump this aid package together. They always have a package. So he wants some to go to Israel, some, not much, some, a little bit. But more to go to the terrorists, more to go to Ukraine by a lot more. And he'll come back if it passes and say, look what I did. But it won't pass because the Republicans aren't going to pass it. They don't, they're done with giving aid to Ukraine. And when that happens, and, and by the way, Biden knows that's the outcome. When it happens, he can also claim that all Republicans, all those MAGA Republicans hate Jews. The, the newspapers will pick it up. The liberal broadcasting entities will pick it up and you can count on it count on it right now. But Matt Gates is saying, no, th this isn't how we do it. We want one bill at a time. How is that so difficult to understand or to comprehend by these people? And why can't we get a speaker elected? I thought everybody agreed on Jim Jordan two days ago. Why are we still sitting here? And now they're talking about a speaker pro tem. So you'd have a temporary speaker for about two months, month and a half, six weeks. And Matt Gates was asked if he was against a, a part-time speaker. I'm against speaker light. I'm against Bud Light. I believe it is a constitutional desecration to not elect a speaker of the House. 
We need to stay here until we elect a speaker. And if someone can't get the votes, we need to go on to the next person. But but twisting and torturing the Constitution to empower a temporary speaker is having a speaker light that is not constitutionally contemplated, is deeply infirm, and I would do everything possible to stop it. Carpe diem to Matt Gates. All right, Steve is up. Hello, Steve. How are you this morning? Doing great. Happy Friday and carpe diem to the king. It's always a happy Friday. Carpe diem to you. You know, it makes me sick, especially these people on Fox that keep calling, uh, you know, what Gates did and now what uh, they're trying to do with Jim Jordan an embarrassment. It's not an embarrassment. These people are brave, heroic patriots. And I, I hope that Jim Jordan channels his, his old wrestling self and says, you know what, I don't care if it takes 15 votes or 20 votes, I'm just going to hang in and we're going to get this done because we we need this. Uh, but the uh, the other thing that you've been talking about uh, that really bugs me is the this moral equivalency stuff. It's just such bullshit. That speech last night, I could not only conflating Ukraine and Israel – but every time, well, every time he mentioned, you know, we've got to support Israel or we, you know, we can't have anti-Semitism, he would say three times we can't have Islamophobia as if there's some moral equivalency. I'm, I'm here to tell Joe Biden that, um, you know, I do fear attacks from is, Islamists in this country. And I know he's let tens of thousands of them in. And it only took 13 in the Twin Towers and kill, you know, 3,000 Americans. You know that they're planning right now. It's not a question of uh, whether they're going to do something. It's just a question of when are they going to attack. And these these uh, peace-loving uh, Palestinians and Arabs and Islamists, uh, you saw what they did in Israel. They would love to do that to you, to me, to any American and, uh, you know, I got a message for Joe. I, you know, I, I have never really been, uh, an enthusiast. I mean, I've gone hunting a few times and, uh, really more for work than pleasure, but I, you know, I've got an AR 15 I bought and uh, a bunch of ammunition. It's just kind of sitting in my base. You know, if they attack me, I'm going to fight back. And if you want to call that Islamophobia, you know, have at it. I'm, I'm an Islamophobe because, you know, I do worry about the coming terror attacks in this country. As someone posted on social media uh, the other day, it was, in my opinion, spot on. Everything I ever needed to learn about Islam, I learned in five minutes on 9-11-2001. And I think there's a lot of yeah, merit to that. I think there's a lot of well, merit to that. But, I'm sure you remember, Kevin, that you remember how the uh, they showed pictures of people in Gaza and the West Bank, these Palestinian, peaceful Palestinians. They were literally dancing and cheering in the streets over the 3,000 Americans that were killed on 9-11. Absolutely they were. They couldn't have gotten more enjoyment out of it. We have college professors here. There's a black guy at Cornell University who's out in the street with a microphone saying he was exhilarated by the rape and beheading and burning alive of children. That exhilarated him. These people are insane. 
The Arab population is insane. <clears throat> they are hateful people. Don't give me this nonsense. Well, Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinians. Bullshit. That's exactly who they represent. That's who elected them in Gaza, is Palestinians. They're all alike. And anybody who doesn't think so will die by them at some point. Because the more you allow them in this country, and they're here, buddy, they are here. And they're planning another attack. It's just, like you said, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And these people know nothing but violence, know nothing but murder and hatred. That's how they were raised. I I apply the same principle that you apply to the FBI when you say the rank file is corrupt, and they are. Um, You know, don't give me the stuff that, uh, like Joe Biden was trying to sell last night, and people don't support Hamas and blah, blah, blah. They sure as hell do, as you said, and, uh, you know, the rank and file down to every last one. Uh, and these people, they they get paid uh, when they do suicide bombings. <clears throat> and the parents encourage their children to become suicide bombers. But here's, here's the crazy thing that I was thinking about this morning while I was listening to you. It's like, okay, obviously these nutcases, they feel justified in doing these things to Israel. Because, and they, and Biden says we have to have a two-state solution. Think about this for a minute. A- anyone who's ever, you know, had, uh, you know, a little familiarity with the Bible and the history of the uh, the ancestors of these people there first, yes, they were. But, you know, everyone remembers how when, you know, God said, okay, I want you to, Joshua, take these people into the promised land, cross the Jordan River, and then you're going to have to, I'll help you, I'll knock down the The promised land was inhabited by these people. But God said, no, this is where I want you to be, and he put them there. And, you know, in 1948, after World War II, when the Brits said, well, we're going to give the Jews a homeland, and it's going to be right back there. Now think about this. Think about our history in the United States. What if a what if a group of uh, British people, you know, migrated to the United States and made the case that you know you guys took these colonies from us and we want it back? And uh, you know they started terrorizing, and they said, well, okay, we'll we don't want the whole country, but we want. We want a two-state solution. You can have this part for the United States, and we want this to go back to Great Britain. And we went along with that and said, well, yeah, I guess we should have a two-state solution. Shouldn't these pe- these Palestinian people that are crammed into Gaza and the West Bank, why don't they just you know, migrate someplace else? Like, you know, we migrated here from all over the world. Why don't they migrate someplace else and make a life for themselves instead of just living in misery and hatred and wanting to terrorize? Because that's how they were raised. That's what they believe. That's all they know. They don't know anything else. They don't know how to live in peace. These people are chanting death to America in grade school. I mean, we've seen the videos of it. It's not a mystery. And Biden continues to talk about a two-state two, two, uh, yeah, solution last night. He's nuts. He's not even a fruitcake. But I'm telling you, unless we wipe them out, where's all that talk from 
Netanyahu when this first happened. We're going to eliminate Hamas from the face of the earth. Well, well let's do it. I have the suspicion yeah. Biden went over there and threatened him. Yeah, would you would you feel threatened by Biden? Not in a million years. It will show me what a weakling. <laughs> it'll show me what a weakling Netanyahu is. Because if, if you're threatened by Biden, you're the only person on earth who is. No one else is. The the uh, Iranians aren't. The Hamas, the Hezbollah, the Lebanese, the Syrians, None of them are threatened by him. Only you. If 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 Netanyahu's threatened by Biden, he's it. He's a unique individual. Somebody ought to take a look at him. <laughs> Hey, before I uh, let someone else jump in here, uh, let me leave with a, a segue to your great uh, sports show coming up at noon. Um, I just uh, I find it funny, that, especially since you're the only one that's really told the truth about this the great trash can lid scandal. You know, here you had you know everyone you know all of the Astro haters. You know, oh, they're down two to nothing. They lost two games at home. You know, ha, ah, take that, Jim Crane and the Astros and you cheaters. And they go on the road. <laughs> they win two games on the road where there's, uh, I don't think, any trash can lids being no. banked. And, uh, you know, all it, all it took was, you know, that first game to beat them one time to kind of break that spell. And, you know, the Rangers are good, and they had a, a lot of momentum, but, you know, the uh, Astros broke that momentum, and now now game on. We'll see what happens. Yeah, now it's two out of three. You know, it was a daunting task when the Astros are down two games to none because if you looked at it long term, you said, oh, my God, they've got to win four out of five. But you can't look at it that way. Everybody knows you got to play one. You can't win two games at once. And so this was a team that's been down these roads before. They didn't panic, and they got their best players going. You know, the first two games, Jose Altuve didn't do anything. And all of a sudden, when he hits, that team goes. I mean, I've never seen one guy at the top of the lineup energize an entire lineup by what he does. And by the same token, if he doesn't do it, the rest of them seem to go into a, an icebox and their, their bats are frozen. It's an amazing phenomenon, but it, it certainly works for the Astros. And what people won't listen to and refuse to listen to, just like everything in politics, is that since 2017, when the Astros won the World Series, they have had the best road record in baseball. They win on the road all the time. They finished below 500 at home this year. So if that tr- supposed trash can deal had any effect on the Astros, it was negative because they were better on the road. They won their World Series on the road in 2017. You know, last year in Philadelphia, they won two of the three games in Philadelphia. They've been a great road team in this entire dynasty run. It's just, it's, but people don't want to hear it. That Altuve guy amazes me because when he comes up to bat, I'm sorry, but I can't help but think of uh, Eddie Goodell. Yeah, <laughs> this, little midget. this little this little midget guy, Altuve, comes up, bang, and he's just socking the ball out of the park. Did you see it's when amazing. they were reviewing whether he had been picked off or not? He was standing at first base talking to the uh, coach and the Rangers' first baseman, Car- uh, Carter, yeah. I believe it was. No, it wasn't Carter. It was somebody, uh, Garver, I think. At any rate, it was a tall guy, and it looked like the Alton Giant with a little kid. It looked like he just put his glove on top of his head. And he is yeah. that small. I mean, this guy, the little pocket rocket, man, the play he made when he backhanded the ground ball up the middle, leaped into the air and got enough on the throw. People don't know how hard of a throw that is. You have no momentum yeah. to throw that ball. You're going away from the base, and he's able to make a strong throw and still get the guy. Amazing stuff. Yeah. 
I look forward panic. to uh, your noontime show and uh, keep it keep it going today. Keep getting the truth out there, Kevin. We appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate the call. Yeah, Bye. the uh, the Astros don't panic, folks. When you've been down the road before that, they've been down. You don't panic when you're down two games, and you know you're going on the road where you seem to be a much better team. Crazy stuff. Kellyanne Conway agrees with me, by the way, that, well, I'll let her tell it because she knows what the job is of the members of the House of Representatives. And it isn't what people keep saying it is. Your job is to elect a speaker. That's not your job, and Kellyanne knows it. Your job in the House is not to elect a speaker. It's to work with the speaker and the rest of the conference to actually do the business of the people who pay their salaries. So people should realize what's being halted right now, aid package to Israel, Government funding, you may think, well, that's not the worst thing in the world, but there could be another shutdown. It affects people, plus Republicans always but get blamed. securing our borders. You know who comes out on top of the vote count every single time for Speaker? Hakeem Jeffries. And he has received every single one. Sean, no deviation at all. Every single Democratic vote, all 15 ballots last January, and every single ballot now goes to Hakeem Jeffries. We need unity. They have unanimity. I don't want unanimity. I don't want a bunch of Stepford Wives uh, Democratic members of Congress doing and acting and always uh, thinking the same. But we need unity. And I know people think they're being funny by being the holdout. Let's band together with this one. It's schoolyard stuff. I want to make a point. In your places of work, you don't have the flexibility and liberty to choose with whom you work. You have to find a way. To come together. Everybody's nodding their head because everybody has worked in, in an environment where it's like, I can't believe I got this guy. I can't believe she's sitting next to me. You have to figure it out. Carpe diem, Kellyanne Conway, except that you stole my phrase. She says, we don't want a bunch of Stepford wives in Congress who always think the same way. That's what I've been describing them for years now. We don't want Stepford people. Why would we want everybody who thinks and acts the same? We don't want that. It doesn't work. It does not work. And when you do that, it ends up embarrassing you because you look like fools, and that's what the Democrats look like. I want to talk about our great friends at stl-cars.com. Folks, they're having a great time, a great month, a great year, really, in business. They have been flying cars out. And you can get one yourself, whether it's new, used, car, SUV, truck. STL-cars has over a 1,000 of them on their website for you to look at. Just go to the website. Here's how easy the process is. It'll take you as long as it will take you to find a car, SUV, or truck that you want. When you decide, call Don at 314-626-3251. Or you can text him at the same number, 314-626-3251. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want to pay for it. And then presto, he'll get, get it for you. Now, if there's something you want that's not quite there, on the website, there are things that look like it, but I, I, I want a few things to tinker with. Call them or text them and tell them that. 314-626-3251. He has a vast inventory throughout the country. He'll go get it for you. My last one, I bought three vehicles from him in the, the, the years, and my last one came from Tennessee. My son just got an SUV. It came from Alabama. That's how he does business, folks. And I'm telling you, you'll get the best price, the best cars, and it won't, the process won't feel like you went to the dentist. It won't feel like you beat your head against the wall. It's perfect. Give him a call. Today, give him a call. 636, excuse me, 314-626-3251. That's stl-cars.com.
And I know this, you'll be happy with the results. And you'll also be happy that you won't waste your entire Saturday that you could have spent watching football. You won't be feeling bad because you won't be doing that. All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll come right back with your calls, 636-348-4460, in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Kings Court. Five or six old men throwing out corny old one-liners. They pat the heads of children, give friendly nods to strangers. They sure seem quick to laugh, makes you think they're slow to anger. Those guys were frontline brothers, their lives depended on each other. They were soldiers long before they were men. Yeah, the ones that somehow survived Came home, went on to build their lives Never charging us a penny For the debt we owe to them But you can almost smell the gun smoke And the foxholes that they shed On the days they raise their coffins And toast the empty chairs
And we welcome you back in on this Friday afternoon. Kevin Slayton with you in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, King's Court. Get your Monster Energy Drink for the weekend, folks. Get that can ready to go today, tomorrow, Sunday. A couple of cans maybe. Depends on what your activity schedule is. But Monster Energy Drink will give you that oomph that you need, that boost of energy where you'll be at your best. It doesn't matter what it is, athletic events, meetings, doesn't matter. Monster Energy Drink will do it for you. This is a product that is more than just a drink. And, of course, it does what we say it will do. It will give you that energy. And who doesn't need more energy? You wake up a little sluggish. Folks, it's the weekend. You need to get it going. You need that Monster Energy Drink for the weekend. But it's a lifestyle in a can. And by that we mean every event that Monster Energy Drink is involved with, whether it's bringing your favorite bands to your hometown or if it's a sporting event, or supporting individual skaters and skiers and boarders and bikers. They make it fun. They make it an event. They have parties surrounding the events. Anytime you see that Monster Energy logo, you know fun is about to be had. And that everybody there has a great boost of energy. They're not going to be the kind of people that you don't want to be around. Man, I'm dragging today. Who wants to be around you? Get out of here. I'm going to go find my Monster Energy drink and have some fun. And that's what people do. Our phone lines are open, 636, as you unleash your beast, 348-4460, 348-4460. If you'd like to join in any of the conversations uh, that we have been having, here's something that's interesting. Chris Christie, who's such a child, and I mean he's really a child, now he's acting like some sort of a tough guy thug mafioso who is going to break through the cordon of Secret Service officers that surround Donald Trump and confront him because Chris Christie's such a badass. I guess he's going to waddle up there, hope that he won't tip over and roll down the street. I guess he thinks he can be unseen, though he is 7,000 pounds overweight. Maybe he's going to come up with a whole slew of hot dogs and give those to the Secret Service agents. Maybe that's what he's about to do. But he claims that he's going to confront Donald Trump on the campaign trail. But he won't share his plans. He says, get ready. That's all I'm going to tell you. Get ready. Because if I give Trump and the Secret Service a tip as to where I'm going to be, it'll be a lot harder for me to get to him. He sounds like he wants to kill him. Is that an assassination threat? He said, remember, he's the only guy walking around with Secret Service protection. That's, of course, not true. So that makes all of this a little more complicated. But I also was in law enforcement, so hang with me. This clown sounds like he's conducting a surveillance routine so that he can break through a Secret Service detail and get at a former president. To me, if that rhetoric were used by me or you or someone else, the Secret Service would be tracking your ass down right now and arresting you. And Christie should be arrested. I don't know if you could fit that fat ass in a jail cell, but find one that's big enough Maybe one that normally houses two, so you couldn't put him in solitary because those those cells are small. He'd never fit. He couldn't get through the door. But put his ass in jail. This guy's disgusting. He's now a threat to a former president who's under Secret Service protection. He's nuts. We've got 100-plus days until the primary. Donald Trump and I will come face-to-face whether it's on a debate stage or whether it's when he's walking out of a building somewhere. That's what guys do when they want to shoot you. That's what they say. I'll get him when he walks out of a building somewhere. 
Wow. I mean, it's hard to believe I'm re- I'm hearing this, reading these things. Kevin's up. Hello, Kevin. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing okay, Kevin. I'm just I'm laughing at what you just said there about Christie. What's he going to do? Hide in a crowd at a Trump rally where people try to shake Trump's hand and he's going to talk to him? <laughs> yeah, he can. How do you he, hide that guy? He can slip his way in because he'll go unnoticed. <laughs> I mean, that's just, he's just insane. That guy's insane. He really, he's, he's so arrogant. I mean, he is the most pompous, <laughs> arrogant ass I've ever heard. He really thinks he's running for president. His only role is to serve to try to disrupt Donald Trump's campaign. Nothing else, nothing more. He has no chance to beat anybody. <laughs> he's running for the the auxiliary of the volunteer club in his town, maybe, or something. I mean, I've never seen anything like this guy. And now he's threatening a, a president. And threatening the Secret Service detail that protects them. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. Hey, I called you with a couple of a uh, couple three things today. First off, interesting fact came out this morning: interest rates on mortgages hit eight percent today, which is a twenty-three year high. Why are we surprised? Well, inflation's gone yeah. down. Didn't you know that? Yeah, yeah, it's it's going down. And you know, I know real estate agents, and the market's starting to flip. Houses would go on the market; they'd be sold in a week. They're starting to sit in prime locations. That's a sign right there. You, you're going to buy lesser house, so prices of the homes are going to go down. I've seen prices in my area because I track real estate stuff because of the business I'm in. But but I, um, I I see prices starting to be lowered on houses to try to sell them where before they were getting offers above asking price. So, so yeah, way to go, Joe Biden. You're doing a great job. Yeah, people uh, were getting uh... – Above, well above asking price, and they were getting competition. So you had two bidders who were over the asking price. I mean, yeah. it was the yeah. Wild West. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And then the other thing, Biden last night made the comment, I spoke to these other world leaders. Well, they didn't meet with you, dummy. And why did they not meet with you? I got a feeling they didn't want to meet with him because if he went there and met with them, they were afraid that bombs were going to start getting lobbed their way too. I think there is some truth to that. I, th- I think King Abdullah II specifically – didn't want any, any part of Biden being around him. He's pretty safe and secure with his uh, Secret Service, his brand of the Secret Service there in Jordan. And he mm-hmm. doesn't want this clown coming in and mucking it all up. Yeah, they, they, you know, that could have really started some, some stuff there. And then the other thing that was on my mind, again, last night, Fox takes Gutfeld off, puts Hannity on for two hours. I changed the channel, didn't watch either hour of Hannity. I Actually, I was watching Newsmax, and I give Eric Bowling and Newsmax credit. They cut away halfway through Biden's speech and said, enough of this. We're not playing the rest of it. <laughs> it, it was it was classic because they said this isn't what he's supposed to be saying. This is nothing but a political speech, and they, they, they dumped it on Newsmax. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, uh-uh. good for them. Yeah, they, yeah, they dumped it and, and went into and brought some people on that did nothing but, you know, bash, you know, bash everything that was going, you know, that Biden was saying. So, Well, you've got um, these newspapers like the New York Times completely lying about this hospital, claiming Israelis destroyed a hospital in Gaza City, when first of all, the picture was of a building uh, that is in the Gaza Strip. It's nowhere near Gaza City, where they claimed mm-hmm. it was. And we don't know if it's a hospital or not. So they're so easily duped. It's so easy to dupe the media today because they never check anything. Yeah. If you tell them something, they'll run with it. If you tell them Trump Trump was part of the Hamas team that raped little children, they would run with it. That's how absurdly irresponsible they are. Exactly. Back on the Gutfeld thing, I'm getting the impression that when they get the chance, they cut Gutfeld 
because they don't want him on talking about some of this stuff. I know they've had to let him back on a few days this week, but I think sometimes they're wanting to cut him on purpose because why not let him on last night? Why not let him talk about it? They claim it's a comedy show, but hey, if the Colbert and them talk about this stuff, they don't get preempted. Why is Gutfeld getting preempted? Yeah, there's something there. Uh, Gutfeld's success has the Murdoch family nervous for some reason. Uh, and I think it's because Gutfeld's success is not dependent on being a liberal. Yeah, And, I'm, and, I'm, and I think that bothers the the, the, uh, Ru- the Rupert Murdoch family terribly because they are not conservatives. They are liberals. They can claim whatever they want to be, but we know what they really are. Mm-hmm. And, and most of his guests on the show are, you know, right-leaning. They're not... I haven't even seen Dana Perino on there again, but I mean, I know she's on the five, but, um, you know, he, I think he controls his guests and that bothers them and he controls what he says. And, and I'm just thinking there's going to be a day here soon where Gutfeld's going to be putting his show on, on X like, uh, Carlson's doing. I just think that day's coming. It may well come. And if it does, yeah. the two best talents in television news will be on, on Twitter. <laughs> and I'll watch him in a heartbeat. Yeah. And nobody will be watching Fox. And then uh, lastly, I'll end with this. Uh, it said They said that uh, the U.S. Navy intercepted two cruise missiles that were shot, they thought, towards Israel yesterday. Cruise missiles, missiles are pretty high-tech, important missiles. I don't think the terrorists in this case have cruise missiles, but what I'm not hearing is where did those cruise missiles come from? I have no idea. You know, so if they said they shot two of them down, cruise missiles are really high-tech. Those usually come out of a silo or off of a, uh, an F-15 fighter jet or something like that. Um, and not a peep after they talked about it of where it came from, where they came from. They just said it was aimed at Israel. Something's odd there. Who shot those and why are they covering it up? Well, I can only guess that it's terrorists who shot them, but we don't know for sure who. But it, mm-hmm. it's not, it's, to me, it's not a big mystery. It's not like... You're thinking that some ally, of and maybe I'm wrong, or somebody knows armaments better than me, or whatever. But I, I, I just thought a cruise missile was more high tech, and you just don't shoot it from. Well, the, they've got uh, high tech stuff. I mean, we they've got as much high tech stuff as they want. We left it all behind in Afghanistan. Well, I, yeah, you're probably right there, but but again, my key was just keying on cruise missile. I know they got missiles and right and, and certain uh, rocket launchers and all that kind of stuff, but but cruise missiles, I've always interpreted as something way bigger and that, that that's where i was just asking you the question well, I, so. I would guarantee they have access to yep. them they've yep. got access okay. to everything seems that we have access to except a lot of their stuff doesn't work <laughs> yep well I'll, I'll end with this the uh republicans you know get your act together just just get jordan elected give him a chance and guess what if he doesn't work out those eight can kick him out then too let's go i'm with you all right kevin thanks have a blessed weekend and i uh, hope you enjoy it and uh, everybody Pray all you can and hug your families and uh, just keep praying for our country. All right. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Take care. You too. Yeah, I um, I think something's up with Gutfeld on that, on that network too because he's way too successful. They can't stand it. He has a successful show on The Five. Then he has the successful show on his own. He has better ratings than anybody opposite him on commercial television. And they just uh, – Fox is so bizarre. When you're successful, they don't like it. They're like liberals. That's how liberals are. So Fox News is very liberal. They're run by liberals, and they act like liberals. They have Britt Humon, who is a liberal, major-time liberal. Yeah, so the New York Times misrepresented this photo, and no one's called them out on it except us. 
But it's very bizarre. Who sent you the photo? Who told you it was a hospital in Gaza City? And why did you print it without obviously checking it? Because you didn't. It's incredible. But not really. It would be incredible if this were the 1970s or before that. Somewhere in that neighborhood of the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s, journalism just died. It just died a sudden death and an ugly death. Just died. And, of course, you've got Jeffrey Tubin running around telling the whole world how people are going to commit violent acts in the name of Donald Trump. They're going to go on a violent rampage. Now, you know, when liberal media outlets say these things, it's because they're hoping they actually come true. They think if they say them, someone will take them up on it. Because it's what they hope happens. But Jeffrey Tubin, if you remember, is the guy who was masturbating on a conference call at work. So we, we know what CNN's all about. They rehired him. He says the day is fast approaching when someone picks up a gun or builds a bomb, builds a bomb, bomb builders everywhere, and then seeks to follow through on Trump's words. Donald Trump is going to get someone killed, he says. Now, he seemingly would be giddy if that day would actually come. He'd have a head rush. But what's he talking about? Donald Trump's words are going to get someone killed. They're going to follow through on Trump's words. Which words are those, I wonder? He wrote that Trump suggested Mark Milley could have been executed. No, he didn't. He said back in decades ago, he could have been hung for treason. Decades ago. He didn't say he should be. That shoplifters should be shot. Well, these people that keep ransacking stores, I'm if, if Donald Trump said that, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. That the judge's clerk in the civil case against him is Senator Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. How does that inspire someone to go kill somebody? Are they going to go kill the judge or the girlfriend? Well, that's a long stretch. It's hard for me to believe when someone says, that's your girlfriend, that someone's going to kill somebody. <laughs> but like all liberals, when they make these kinds of comments, that's what Jeffrey Tubin is rooting for. He's rooting for it. He wants someone to pick up a gun, go shoot somebody, and say, I did that because Donald Trump encouraged me to. Now, we know that the guy from Belleville, the nut job, who shot up the, the Republicans' baseball practice, he was inspired by some Democrats. We know that because he said so. When Chuck Schumer sits on the courthouse steps of the Supreme Court and advocates for someone to take out Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, we warned you, Gorsuch, we warned you, Kavanaugh. That's okay with people like Lubin Jeffrey Tubin. But, uh, you know, Trump saying peacefully and patriotically march down to the Capitol is just the siren call that nut jobs need to go murder people. He, he's nuts. They're nuts. Right-wing extremism. 
anytime the media hypes up things that are proven false, it's because they want it to be true. When Tubin says without anything to substantiate it that Trump's speech is about to get someone killed, it's because he wants someone to get killed so that he can blame Trump. This is the epitome of Trump derangement syndrome. All right, folks, we're going to be out of here. This is going to conclude our week, but we will have another show today. It'll be noon on our sports show, our Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, sports show on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. Have a great weekend and enjoy Saturday Eve. Ah!